Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The Rose Bowl. The game that inspired the college football bowl season has a long and storied history. The stadium itself is 100 years old, and in celebration of it, Pigskin Dispatch is assembling some of the top historians and authors to share the memories, people, and events that make the granddaddy of them all the special game that it is. Enjoy this Rose Bowl memory from pigskindispatch.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal for positive football history. And once again, we have some football archaeology with Timothy P. Brown, author and a historian that has a, a great website of footballarchaeology.com. Uh, Tim Brown, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, Darren. Thank you for having me on again. Looking forward to chatting as always. Yeah, th- this is a, a really interesting uh, topic that we're going to talk about, the, the 1915 Brown Bruins and uh, have a very interesting story that you shared back on September 2nd and uh, really enjoying this one. And I think the listeners will as well. Yeah, well, actually, you know, before chatting about uh, that team, um, I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, a, an RPPC, so a real photo postcard of that 1915, of Brown's 1915 team sold on eBay for a thousand twenty-five dollars. Wow! So I mean, that's the you know, it's not like I've tracked tracked it you know over over life, but I, that's I think the highest priced uh, postcard I've ever I've ever seen. Um, but you know, it has Fritz Pollard is is you know is on the team. So uh, a lot of times, it, uh, especially older uh, African American you know football stuff, you know, can command a pretty good. Uh, pretty good price um it, you know it's an item that i don't think i've ever seen that one before until it was offered in that particular auction uh, and then you know even like if, if for nfl people you know rich pollard was the first african-american coach in the nfl you know back in i think 21 or you know something along those lines so you know but just a couple of couple of interests kind of collide and all of a sudden you're paying some pretty big money <laughs> you know, right for yeah, a postcard he- when I mean, he was a tremendous player as well. I mean, every, I think every team that he went to, he, he really brought their game up quite a bit uh, to a different level. So that's uh, another reason to want to collect that, to have a, a legendary yeah. player. So, yeah. Wow. Well, you know, so the, the thing about that, you know, the 1915 team, you know, is, uh, you know, Brown, I think, you know, by and large has been kind of a second tier program, you know, and it was at the time. I mean, and I'm comparing that to, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Penn, and then, you know, probably like West Point. Those were probably the premier, you know, year after year premier programs. 
Um, but they had a long-term, you know, long-term coach at Brown, you know, during some of that period. And, you know, they, they have some pretty, pretty competitive teams. And so they actually, I think they ended up, they were, uh, they, they were, they surprisingly beat Yale that year, which they seldom did, but that was the Yale team, the 1915 Yale team, um, Frank Hinkey had come back to coach the team in 14 and they kind of struggled. And then they were really struggling in 15. And that was the year that uh, the, the captain, Alex Wilson, fired the head coach. So he fired Hinkey and he brought in Tom Shevlin to come in, you know, kind of fix things up uh, for the last couple of games of the year. But, you know, part of his being fired was Hinkey's being fired was that they lost to Brown. <laughs> so, you know, it was, um, I think that's, the, that's the last instance I'm aware of where, you know, that was the last year Yale still had that the captain runs the show, you know, kind of philosophy, but you know, he literally fired the coach because his, his word was final. Uh, and then they, you know, they, they switched things up at, you know, the following year. Um, so that was, you know, kind of an interesting element of it. And, and even, you know, to kind of the perspective of, um, Percy Houghton, who was the coach at Harvard, uh, didn't even go, or he wasn't there for the, for the Harvard Brown game uh, because you know he thought it more important to go uh, scout Yale. You know, and coaches used to do that sometimes. Stag did that a few times, and you know, you read about it, you know, here and there, people did that. Uh, so I mean, it just kind of tells you that that it was a real upset. <laughs> you know, right, the head coach right. didn't even show up for the game. But that sounds, I mean, it sounds so strange, but I think you explained it the last time we had you on, we talked about the, the first coach and when the word uh, coach was used just uh, recently aired and uh, as a podcast and uh, you, know, you explained to that, that the, the coaches really were important, not really as important uh, game time as the captains were like they are today, yeah. you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, so yeah. It's, the captains called the plays. There was no coaching from the sideline, all of that, you know? So, well, so practice, practice now, week you, was... You, the practice week was done so he could go scout the teams and the captain takes over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, to some extent that, you know, that's, that is the case. Um, but then, you know, so the other thing that's just kind of interesting about that team and, and football in general at the time was um, Harvard, Yale and Princeton had policies that they didn't go to bowl games. Right. And, and, you know, this is still, you know, they are, they didn't have postseason games. And so this is, you know, the Rose bowl had, had had a game back in Oh two, and then that was kind of forgotten. And then they were restarting it for 1916. So they're inviting, you know, the best team they could get from the East that, that played in the 1915 season, but you know, so Harvard Yale Princeton wouldn't go. Um, and so, you know, Brown ended up being, um, you know, the best team that they could find you know, who would say yes, um, you know, and so then they did whatever the five day, you know, train trip out to, out to, out to Pasadena. Um, but, you know, there were, you know, the big 10 uh, didn't allow teams to, to play in, in postseason games. They, they did allow Ohio state I, to play in the Rose Bowl, I think in like in 22, I think it was, Um you know, and so just in general, and then even teams that did 
where the school or the faculty allowed it, you know, sometimes the, the kids just said, yeah, we're done. You know, they're just, they were just done with the season and, you know, they'd already turned in their equipment, whatever. They didn't want to spend time away from family for the holidays, you know, those kinds of things. So, I mean, it's just, it was just a, a different world. You know, we now so many teams play in bowls, you know, to begin with, but um, it's just kind of the expectation of, you know, well, of course you're going to go to the bowl. But back then, you know, a lot of times, you know, teams had the opportunity to go, turned them down. But so Brown ended up, you know, playing in the game and then they lost to Washington State. So, you know, that was kind of a, for the folks out West, that was a big deal is, you know, kind of a credibility boost that, that one of their teams could play and beat, uh, you know, a team that's now, you know, of the Ivy, you know, caliber. So, you know, it's, it's a big, you know, kind of a big deal, you know, for those folks. Yeah. So, okay. So we already said that uh, Fritz Pollard was on that team. Was there anybody else uh, significant on that team besides Pollard? Yeah. One of their, uh, um, uh, Wade, now I'm blanking on his name. Um, Wade, 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 Wade. He was a, uh, guard or, or tackle. Um, Wallace Wade, sorry. And oh. so he was, uh, he coached Alabama, uh, took them, you know, to a couple of Rose Bowls. And then he, uh, he was the coach at Duke uh, for quite a while. And, and uh, they played when, uh, when Oregon State played the Rose Bowl at Duke because of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. You know, so the 42 Rose Bowl, uh, Wade was you know, still the coach there. So uh, but he, you know, so he is, he and Pollard are probably the most, uh, most famous of the, of the Brown players that year. Huh. Very interesting. And, uh, you know, some great, great research. And uh, we appreciate you sharing these uh, teams and some of these innovations from football from so long ago at your football archaeology site. Uh, why don't you share with people how they can, you can find your, your tidbits that you share with us each and every day and uh, how they can subscribe to your website to make sure they know when that you've released them. Sure. So, um, you know, my website is just, you know, footballarchaeology.com. Um, you can also find me on Twitter under the same name. And, you know, the gist of it is I publish these, I publish a tidbit every day, uh, comes out at seven o'clock Eastern time. And so if, if you subscribe, you'll get that uh, as an emailed newsletter. Um, and then obviously if you're, you know, you can also just visit the site anytime you want. And, you know, there's a full archives in there with, you know, now getting on, you know, 300, you know, some article, you know, full length, long form article or tidbits, which tend to be more, you know, 30 second to a minute long reads. Okay. So just little snippets. And uh, I can tell you that it is exactly right at 7 p.m. It's very consistent because uh, usually my, my family and I were watching a rerun of the Big Bang Theory and it, the chime for my email you know, signal, my notification comes <laughs> right at the same time of the, the theme song for Big Bang Theory every time. So it's like part of the song to us now. <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> just gets scheduled in the application <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, you, could have, you, you could have just take more punctuality credit for than, than that don't, well you know so I, I still have to manually do it on twitter so <laughs> you know but then then it's going to be at 703 705 somewhere in that 
yeah, yeah. We're, we're well into the show by then. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so. All right, Tim. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week with some more great football archaeology. Cool. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Darren. Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.